Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to breathe. Breathe. Just breathe. Okay, come on with me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ha, ha, ha. Relax. Okay, now push, push, push! <laughs> That's why it's grunt work. man placed you in my arms i knew i'd meet death because he does a lot of harm Whoa. although questions arose in my mind would i be al enough against tim choose jill and be listening to grunt work the huh? only podcast about the tv show home improvement that shines an investigative light on life's most baffling mysteries <laughs> we are we are kind of the co-Richard Stacks of, of uh, recap podcasts. I am your host, Landon. Why would anyone leave the womb, Solano? <laughs> Joined always by my co-host, Truman. Goo goo gaga for periwinkle. Caps. <laughs> uh, you know, Landon, the reason that I left the womb was because I didn't have a womb with a view. And that's what I really wanted. <laughs> Uh, I think we should all just – I think humans need to evolve to the point where we stay in the womb until uh, we're adults and we just shed our mothers like a snake shedding its skin. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, uh, let's talk to some therapists about that one first, I think. <laughs> Have I, I mean, mentioned I've been watching some David Cronenberg lately? I, I, I get, I man, uh, welcome, welcome to to Videodrome work. Uh, you know, look, I, I, the thing is though, I was on board with it for most of it until I like. Yeah, it sounded like pretty good until I started thinking about like, oh, wait, that would complicate my relationship with my mom. And then when it came to me like bursting out of her skin like an alien or something, <laughs> I, I I don't know. She already went through a lot just for the nine months. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, right. Now I'm saying like uh, 18 years or so. How yeah, long? Well, how, well, let's not go there. I mean, maybe it's like, I guess if, you know, maybe it could be made more equal if the baby paid rent. That's the real... <laughs> That's the real problem. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. That took us to a weird place. What did we do this week? <laughs> we watched an episode of Home Improvement. But before we get there, uh, I need. Oh, yeah. I have a. I have a correction and omission. Oh yes, uh, corrections and omissions. I received about. I, if the last count is correct, it was about seventy-two thousand six hundred and fifty-two emails about this. Oh no! Oh, Landon, you didn't. You didn't make a mistake again. Did I you? made a mistake. Come I misspoke on. about the air date of Assembly Required, uh, Tim and Al's, or Tim and Richard Carn's new <laughs> no. show on, uh, it's Tim and Al, he's, it really he's is a, Tim Yeah, he's a, he's a method actor, right? come on, what is this show? <laughs> uh, I said it was going to be on the 12th, it's actually on the, I think the 23rd, so uh, it has not aired, thus we have not covered it yet. Um, yes. And I'm not making a promise that we'll cover it, but uh, we just haven't had the opportunity to do so one way or the other. When, when you said Assembly Required, my first thought was, oh, fuck, I was supposed to watch that. God damn it, I'm a bad... <laughs> and then I found that it wasn't uh, yesterday or, or you know, it wasn't you know, on the 12th. And I was like, oh, yeah. I still have a couple days to forget to watch it. Great. That's awesome. <laughs> I, yep. So, so th uh, thank you. That, that, was it, a, that was a roller coaster. It me. will air uh, before we record next. So okay. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Pressure's on. We will see. I got appointment viewing. Who knew? All right. So is that is that the only correction and omission or do you have more? Uh, I'm sure, I mean, 
Uh, I could go into apologies. Um, I'm sure I have a lot of apologies to make, but uh, I mean, I, well, we'll save that for we'll, we'll start a whole other podcast about that. A podcast that we pay people to listen to, namely the people that we've wronged. Um, yep. Well, I have, and I actually do have a slice of life that I want to share. Uh, I last week. Well, okay, no, this is a longer story. Okay, let me let me, let me scale it back. Uh, turn back the 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 uh, hands of of the clock, and the sun okay. is like going racing backwards across the sky, and the moon <laughs> comes up. Superman flying right, like Perfect. months ago. So you're shedding your mother. Yeah. Oh God, Landon, come on. You know I moved out more recently than that. I'm not. I'm not merely 18, sir. Um, a few months ago, I tried to put up some new curtains in the living room of my apartment because we were sick of having terrible old vertical blinds. This meant that I had to install a very long curtain rod that required three different things to hold it up. And I approached this, like, typically with this, I would ask one of my handy friends to do it for me and offer to pay him or, like, give him, like, food or something. And in this case, I was like, no, I have to do this for myself. This is home improvement. I have a podcast about home improvement. <laughs> I have to do it myself. You have a podcast about the TV show Home Improvement in which the main character is notoriously bad at these things. And and yes, and I – you know what? I – going into it, I thought – they, they throw out so many simple home – like it seems like if there is an overarching serious moral teaching from – the show tool time it is that home improvement tasks are relatively simple and if you do it you can save a lot of money and i was trying to live the spirit of the bible i guess uh-huh. rather okay. than the, than actually what's written there and what tim actually does i'm just openly commingling the bible and and uh, home improvement anyway so i tried to put virtually these, indecipherable i tried to put these curtain rods up myself and it was just, oh, God, it was such a thing. I drilled about 7,000 holes in my wall, but finally I was able to get the ones on the left and the right side up, and then I started to install the middle one. And the middle one, as soon as I installed it, the drywall all ripped out. This thing is just, like, over the course of the months that it's been up, it has just been sagging more and more and more <laughs> under the weight of this curtain rod that sits above the couch where my girlfriend and I spend 12 hours a day watching TV or eating. <laughs> it is also suffering from COVID depression. Yeah, I, yes, yes. Our, our, you know, every everyone is dealing with it. Our curtains can't stand the fact that they have to watch us be in the apartment this much. <laughs> but so it's like the sword of Damocles, and I, the, it's like the curtain rod of Trumacles, and I have to. I'm, I'm just so upset by this. I finally decide I'm gonna fix it. Last week, I, I took the thing out of the wall and I ordered this special wood glue off the internet and I watched a million YouTube tutorials. I watched two and a half YouTube tutorials, and that to me is a million. I don't know why I said a million. I spackle the the thing up and I let it dry overnight and I go to drill it again in again and like you know the wood glue had dried just as solid and it was said to be drillable like on the website and I was able to get both drills in and it and it just the thing went up perfectly and it was just like that that third bracket was there and it it was more secure than it ever had been and I felt amazing and I felt like I understand now like it was frustrating did, doing this did you grunt in in victory I I didn't allow myself a grunt <laughs> but I, I was because I was you, you, you jinx yourself. I uh, you know well, you could see where the story is going because I I was like no I I think I was still so in shock like holy shit did I just do this I I, sh- I should grunt but I'm not gonna grunt yet I don't want to grunt I I wanted to have earned it I put the curtains back up and as soon as the full weight of the curtains hit this thing rip out of the drywall <laughs> hanging even further off there than before and I I got righteously mad about it and I called my friend who I always call and I. Asked him if he could please come over and install these things. And I felt like such an idiot and such a piece of shit. And so my friend Jonathan, who's, you know, very handy and works in production, building things professionally, came over with all of his tools, 
double masked up, everyone's standing at a safe distance. He goes up there and he tries to drill it himself, and he was so vexed and confused by it and how hard it was because of the way this section of wall was built that he had to call his dad for help. Oh my god. And all of this is to Who say Who does Al I, Borland call when Al Borland needs help? Does he call Cal Borland? I don't know. Does he call like or or does he just answer the calls? I felt so shitty about myself. I hated myself so much for not being able to do simple home improvement. I thought I was just so dumb. And then I found out that, no, just that section of wall was so messed up from other nails being in it and the way that the window frame was built. It actually was very difficult, and I should have just hired a professional in the first place. So I both feel vindicated in that I am not as bad at home improvement stuff as I had thought that I was earlier in the week. And I also feel vindicated that I should just always just call a professional to do all home improvement tasks because I could have saved myself a lot of anxiety. <laughs> I, I think if uh, I fully endorse that, uh, provided, you know, you have the means in which to uh, afford to hire someone to come and do that. I do think there is something to be said about that industry exists and professionals exist in that industry for a reason uh, to be utilized. <laughs> yes. Utilize them. Um, yes. At the same time, I totally understand your 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 plight of like I should be able to do this myself. I, I think about that with plumbing a lot. I'm like, it's mm. a pipe. It goes into a tank. The tank releases the water into a bowl, and the bowl releases it back into a pipe. How difficult is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like and 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 this is a system that I basically understand that I use constantly. Like, how hard can it be? <laughs> Yet, uh, I, I've never fixed a plumbing problem on my own. So, yeah. um, professionals exist. Yeah, that's I. So I guess our our the if you folks if you take anything away from our podcast and you really shouldn't, I really hope that you're forgetting these episodes almost as soon as you listen to them. But if you take anything away from this, I guess take away the knowledge that you're probably really good at something in a way that the world needs. And if that thing isn't fixing up your home. That's okay. <laughs> there are other people who actually take joy in these projects, and, and and if you can afford it, it's maybe just better to have them come and do it, or to make friends who can do it and bribe them with food. <laughs> well, see, now that makes me want to attempt it, even though I don't know how to do it, because just because I, I love food so much. Be like, well, yeah, well <laughs> I could put up a curtain. What are you talking about? <laughs> Truman with his curtain-lacking skills. I'll do it yeah. for a piece of pizza. Well, okay. I mean, uh, you know, I can reheat pizza pretty well. And honestly, I just also even, you know what, half the fun of cooking is giving your friends the pizza that you have heated up from last night. Like that's, <laughs> it's it's sharing with other people. Um, but the, yeah, so that's, anyway, we, I, we talked about home improvement, so I guess we're done, right? Yeah, we're done. That's been current work for this week. Until next week, when you bring you another episode of Adventures with Truman. Uh, uh, you don't. Th those adventures are are pretty. Uh, they, it, they usually involve me walking from one room to another room. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes, but no, folks. We we that we were doing a completely new comedy bit we've never done before, where we pretend the show is over. But actually, <laughs> this week, Truman, we, listen. We don't have Landon. any time to waste. Oh shit, we don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, you let me go all this time. All right. What? Okay. I'm trying so, to be polite. I'm sorry. This Midwest politeness has really uh, caught on with me already. Uh, and this and this fast talking coastal douchebag elitist thing is going <laughs> as strong as it ever has with me. Uh, Landon, we watched an episode of Home Improvement this week, didn't we? Uh, you tell me, sir. Do I? I think we did. Do you want to know what happened this week? <laughs> I do. That's why I want you to tell me. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, shit, wasting time already. So, this week on Home Improvement, Tim... <laughs> yeah, what happened? 
is invited to an awards ceremony for car guys in Saginaw, Michigan. What? It's, he's being crowned like car guy of the year. En route to the awards banquet with a very pregnant Heidi, they get caught in traffic and Heidi goes into labor. Then, last line, <laughs> Tim delivers a baby. <laughs> I may or may not have forgotten that I was writing the synopsis for this episode I, until I, very soon before we recorded. I don't know if the Pulitzer has a category for home improvement synopses, but if they do, I am submitting that, sir. That, you uh, know, I it's it's really kind of the the Ernest Hemingway take <laughs> on a home improvement episode. It's the it's the old man and the and the baby in the back of a car. <laughs> Oh, that was a synopsis. That is what happened. Um, yes. Do you want to try to guess that title? Oh, wow. Did, did, did the guess that title <laughs> DJ become like an FM radio station guy now? It's suddenly a lot Just more mellow. AM, yeah. yeah. I don't want to wake the baby. Oh, oh, I see. I see. It's, it sings lullabies. Well, yes, Landon, I have four I got a whole, options. I got a whole episode of baby jokes. <laughs> oh, oh, good. <laughs> yes well you know babies are such an easy target they can't uh you know they, they can't really fight back <laughs> unless you're in the movie unless you're a bank robber in the movie baby's day out in which case they can <laughs> yeah that baby definitely fights back or if you're the nemesis of one yeah. of the baby geniuses just wait i got a whole five minute segment where i'm gonna do peekaboo with the microphone oh my god the <laughs> microphone is gonna love that um all right so four options one okay baby i love your way Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It's not great, but it worked me up into this next one, which I like. I think is a lot better. Uh, eagle-eared listeners will notice that this is a title that I keep trying for oh, so God. many episodes of this show. I use it so much, and I'm gonna be actually a little upset. A new game on this show is watching me get upset when they don't use this title because I think it applies to so much of what goes on on this show. Uh huh. Baby, comma, you can drive my car. <laughs> Like if you think uh, okay. about it, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that one. It's just, it's like the more, like, I don't know. I keep there have been other episodes where I've wanted to suggest, baby, you can drive I my car as a it's, title. It's more applicable, applicable to past episodes, like the one we did with the Tope Boys. I think it was very applicable for that one. Yes, but this one, Landon. It has both a baby and driving in a car in it, and that's. But you're not telling the baby it can drive your car. Maybe he is. He wraps the baby Listen, in a car new guy baby. blanket. You yeah. can drive my car. I look. I promise you. If ever there was a dad who was going to let a baby drive a car, it would be Tim. <laughs> I fully disagree with that. He I, won't even I, let his wife touch the car. Yeah, but the baby would be. He on won't his even lap. let his wife touch her own car. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, okay. That does get more more fucked up the more I think about it. You're right. Okay. Um. Next option. Which is not a Beatles song, I, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe this is one of their early ones. Uh, special Delivery. Okay. Not a, All right. Not, okay. Uh, you know, not not great options. And then, uh, look, I'm, I'm not going to lie, guys. I really peaked with Baby You Can Drive My Car. This last <laughs> one is called Classical Gas Station. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> classical, ga- classical Gas Station. Oh, yeah. It's like a classical station on a radio. Well, there's and there's an easy listening song called Classical Gas. I a lot of these are song okay. titles, a, I guess. That was a thinker. That's a thinker. I'll give you that yeah, one. Yeah, and the more you think about it, the less you like it cuz it's really <laughs> stupid cuz I didn't think about it that much. I don't know. I tried like I was trying for 2 days to think of good titles for this episode and it kind of defies pithy titling. I'm sorry I'm not for gonna lie. throwing your chalupas into the fire like that, gang. The real title is 
kind of good. Uh, I can give you a clue, but I think it's a hard one to try to guess. I, I mean, yeah, give me a clue. Let me just keep failing. Here. You you were close with your second uh, title. Oh, shit. I was. Okay, so it's really, it's a good title. Oh, no, no, no. no. I'm sorry. Your third title. Your third title. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just, I really wanted to get your hopes up. Yeah, Crush I just, I just want more. I just want you know more uh, publicity for that band, the Beatles, that no one <laughs> likes. I want our podcast to get the word out there about the Beatles. They'll catch on okay. someday. Um, yeah. So you were kind of close with your third title. Um, I mean, I the I feel like the only clue I can give you is like so explicit that you'll get it. So in, in I, I just a, that's in a that's naughty as, way, or that's as close as I'm uh, a clues I'm going to give you is you were close with your third title. <sighs> Uh, delivery, it's something about delivery, and I'm trying to think of another car, like, delivery van, or, like, delivery, these aren't my final guess, uh, um, I'm gonna, I'm, uh, fuck it, I'm just gonna say delivery car. Delivery car. Uh, that is incorrect. Sorry. No Chalupas this week, which is, which sucks because I'm really confident about my grunt count guess yeah, Of course. <laughs> of course you are. Oh, isn't that convenient? As soon as Truman blows it, now you feel great. I, I explained this last week that I'm bad under pressure, so when there's no pressure, I feel like I'm good as gold. The worst thing about it, Landon, is that we created this system that is now killing us. We're like, I know. We're, we, if, ever there was a, if ever there was a metaphor for America, it's us and the Chalupa Challenge. Just... <laughs> <laughs> while on a home improvement podcast hosted well, by yeah. two white guys yes exactly and don't that forget is we're straight yeah uh okay so what's uh what, what's the name of this episode the real title is the tool man delivers god damn it that's good oh my hat goes <laughs> off to this tv show and to, to the writers this sometimes episode. they come it. through sometimes damn they come it. through damn it that's and honestly, that really fits with this, with kind of my impressions on the episode, too. This might be the best title they've had ever. This is uh, really it's, good. It's, it's a good title. Uh, I mean, <laughs> let's just not forget Bubble Bubble Toil and tar- Trouble. I, okay. I, we, <laughs> the we the title I love most and can't ever say correctly. <laughs> it's, it's the forbidden fruit that you can't taste. <laughs> uh, I think that, I think that for, like, God, I want to, like, send a chalupa to whoever wrote the title of this episode. That's actually... <laughs> Well, um, we all here's won the thing. today by hearing that. My hat this goes off. episode originally broadcast November 19th, 1996. It's directed mm. uh, by a man who's becoming familiar to the show, uh, Mr. Peter Boners. <laughs> that was, that was, no, <laughs> I was there's sneezing. A, there's a whole new Chalupa challenge if you get through this episode without laughing at Peter Boners. You know, you're right. You're, you're right. That should be part of the Chalupa challenge, and it shouldn't be a challenge because I shouldn't. <laughs> Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, yeah. That that guy has been through enough. It's written by Charlie Hawk. Hawk, 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 Hawk. Are you, tra- you trying to make me laugh at this guy's name now? Come on. <laughs> uh, how would you pronounce H-A-U-C-K? Uh, Hauk. Hauk. There was a middle school in my hometown called Hauk. So I would know. Charlie <laughs> Hauk. Um, who previously wrote this season, Workshop Till You Drop, and last season, Alarmed by Burglars. And we have four more episodes over the next two seasons uh, from this guy. You know, that's interesting because Workshop Till You Drop was not an episode we loved. Nope. Uh, but I uh, wanna, but before you go too far, just want to mention that he passed away in November of last year. And, and you know, and well, look, even if, like, yeah, even if he'd written a bunch of episodes we didn't like, that's still, got you know, rest in peace. That's, yeah. uh, you know, that's 
Okay. Thank I just you wanted for the I, I, I wanted to mention that just <laughs> for context moving forward. Yeah. Um, because I, I think okay, this is. It sounds like we're we're in consensus here. We agree, and we're in agreement. Perhaps I don't want to <laughs> well, disrespect yeah, I, anyone. I don't. I don't. I don't think I like his writing. I don't think I like it. Oh, I don't know. I didn't even. I didn't even. I actually wasn't going in that direction because actually, if we're if we're edging into reflections, I actually liked this episode quite a lot, and I thought that this was an. What? Oh shit! We disagree, and we're in disagreement. We, oh, this is. Uh, oh my god! I guess there's a first time for everything. Everybody's everybody's spitting out the imaginary chalupas that they're eating to deal with the fact that we keep <laughs> failing at the central premise of this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I, okay. Tell me, tell me what you didn't like, Land, and I, I I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Okay, well, that I disagree so with. I, I'm only going off of you know the three episodes of his we've seen so far, but he seems to have a very specific idea of the type of home improvement episode, uh, which is very Tim being um, put upon in a way that works off of his entitlement as opposed to any kind of realistic gripe that he, you know, can lay claim to. Uh, Workshop to you drop, hands down for me, the worst episode of this season so far, maybe yes. of the series, uh, though, Pop. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not quite ready to go that far. It, it, it's it's the worst on, like, a moral level. Yeah. Like, I would say that on a technical level, there are probably worse episodes, but yeah, go on. And so there are, I think it's the same version of Tim Taylor from that episode that's in this episode that stands in contrast to versions of Tim we've seen over the last couple episodes where it's like, oh, that's how you utilize Tim's, you know, narcissism or ignorance or machismo for comedic effect. And here, and I, I think it's specifically paired with Peter Boner's like comedy first approach that mm-hmm. makes it just kind of tedious to me. Where, mm. you know, like we're supposed to take him as this like put upon character. Uh, as you know, gospel, and then you heap the comedy on that. But you're you're losing me with the premise that we don't agree upon, which is I, I'm not I'm not set on that foundation being funny. So you're not, when you uh, when you're on Tim just being a kind of toxic asshole, mm-hmm. that's not a foundation I can find humor in, like slapstick stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I guess I don't strictly. I, I guess I don't strictly disagree with that so much as just that in in this episode I felt like Tim was really being like I don't know t- in the sense that Tim was was portrayed as like put upon or like at you know the victim of circumstance here I saw that as just kind of like well yeah I mean that ha- you know any I feel like that's just a standard sitcom thing the main character you know has shit thrown at them and the audience is kind of in his corner but then like I feel like what was I feel like what made this episode different for me and kind of stand out is the fact that Tim is generally fairly selfless by Tim's standards as the episode goes on. I will acknowledge that him forcing a pregnant 
very pregnant woman to go on a long road trip. <laughs> not great. But then as soon as she goes into labor, Tim abandons all pretense of trying to get to the ceremony and instead yeah. is f- first and foremost concerned with her well-being and delivering the baby, which for me is like, again, such a low bar. But based on, <laughs> like, I could really see a season three Tim going like, no, we're going to go to the ceremony. Don't worry, Heidi, hold the baby in. But I mean, I can, uh, yeah, I, I can get on board with you that it does loosen up by the end, but it had already lost me by that point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I make note of the the points at which it kind of uh shifts for me throughout the episode that we'll get into on the deep dive i do want to mention though i'll, I'll put this out there as a potential caveat yeah. um i realized about halfway through the episode that i was listening to it really kind of quietly and um <laughs> i okay just a, a side tangent here i when i went and saw the hangover for the first time I saw it when I was back home in Michigan visiting my parents. I went by myself in the middle of the day to go to a movie. Mm. I went to go see The Hangover, and the theater there is just notoriously shitty. They think they're great, but they're not. And they played the volume so low that you could barely hear the jokes, like mm. what they were saying to hear the punchline or whatever. Um, it's like it's like a Robert Altman movie. <laughs> that I, I still enjoyed. This is the first hanger. I still enjoyed the first one. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I, I feel like I missed out on so much because comedy just plays better when it's louder mm-hmm. um, and with an audience. And I remember I wrote a letter to the uh, <laughs> to, to the theater manager. Oh, and that, I, that'll show him. I got a vile response from him whoa uh saying we've never had a complaint before when you when we show matinees we have to keep it quiet for the older folks otherwise they're gonna complain like (laughs) he hated me and i'm like i was the only person in the theater there was no older people there and i don't see grandparents going to see the hangover yeah (laughs) if they are they know what they're signing up for <laughs> to and, and, get louder, you know, it's like I wish that Tiger, I wish that Mike Tyson was a little bit quieter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, it it just like it kind of doesn't make sense to me that like if it's if the movie's too quiet, they're not gonna be able to hear any of the dialogue. The old people with yeah. hearing difficulties, like you, you'd think making it quieter isn't the solution to that. And the whole thing is like, but you're saying you keep it quieter for the potential of getting a complaint. Whereas you kept it quieter and you're getting an actual complaint. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what, I don't know, whatever. I, I don't know why I want to, my whole point of this was because I watched <laughs> the episode kind of quieter, I might have found it less funny. Did you, did Landon, did you write a letter to yourself about the unconscionably <laughs> low volume on your TV? <laughs> uh, I watched it on my computer. I did turn it up for like the last five minutes, uh, which you, loved. you know, maybe or maybe not. Coincidentally, I enjoyed the last five minutes more. Um, but it, my last note is that this is just like five minutes into this. I felt like I was already 15 minutes into this episode and <laughs> it really just dragged out for me, much like my personal reflections right now. I'm trying. This is a, immersive therapy. I'm trying to get the listeners to really feel what I felt. Yes, and and uh, you know you can pay us just at the end of the session if you'd like. We take cash or check. Um, well, yeah. Do we want to? Do we want to just you know? Speaking of being immersive, do we want to just dive right in? <laughs> let's just get in the sensory deprivation chamber called this episode. Yes, and let's see uh, what kind of uh, uh, primitive figures emerge from our um, William Hurt 
type character. It's a yeah, altered I, states reference. Let's yeah, exactly. This. I'm already losing just, steam. Just picture picture us warping into your hallway and pounding our fist against your wall and the floor <laughs> as we phase into different states of being. If you're not into uh, 70s psychedelic science fiction, you're not getting this bit. So we open... <laughs> On Tool Time with Heidi, my Why first listen note. to the show if you're not into that? Why, why listen to the show if you've got anything else going on in your life? We start point. on Tool Time yeah. with Heidi, my yeah. very first note. Truman, we don't have any time to waste. Oh, we don't? No. Okay. Let's get okay, started. Okay, good. Okay, so. Yeah. My first note, because <laughs> we've started on Tool Time with Heidi, my first note is... Has she had her baby? That is the first thing I'm thinking. This episode will prove that no, in fact, Truman of of yesterday morning, she has not had her baby. True. We are on so much different paths on this episode. My first note is did we watch Heidi, different episodes? Heidi introduces us. She's still prego. <laughs> maybe maybe you're better at identifying pregnant women than I am. Maybe that's the maybe that's the thing. I've got baby blindness. Um, I did write this note. I want her jean jacket. Okay. It, it has a little tool time embroidered on it. Uh, I like. I'm a, I'm a big jean jacket guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Rock that Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> uh, I liked it. I wanted it. Okay. Okay. I noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Go on. Go on, please. I was gonna say what she asks a very important question. Yes. Does uh, Does everybody know what time it is? Yeah. And. The audience that yells tool time back is very old. There are a lot of quite old men in that audience. Old, but very enthusiastic. I don't know I, if you <laughs> caught the guy in the foreground, but like he is full throating the tool time, like mouth agape. Tool time! There's something about seeing. Like it's a, a war call. There's something about seeing a white man that old being that angry in a crowd of other old white men that, as a citizen of the current era, makes me just a, like totally yep. unfairly profiling that man, maybe, but just makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> He's just very excited to be watching yes. the show. He doesn't agree with everything the show says, but it gets things done. Um, so, yeah, but a very elderly audience today at Tool Time. Uh, agreed. Um, we cut to a booming shot above the Tool Time set, and there is a hot rod there. Yeah, and and also, Tim and Al, like, this is a fake-out, not unlike when, uh, to reference our Knights episode, when somebody points a gun at the hero, but then you hear a gunshot, <laughs> and then it turns out that the hero didn't get shot, but the hero's girlfriend shot the bad guy. You think one thing is going to happen. You think that Tim and Al are going to walk out from behind the gate, but instead, they're sitting in this uh, weird pink roadster <laughs> that's uh, parked on the set. Now, I it looked a little bit... I, I, I've forgotten what the shape of the current hot rod he's working on is. I thought for some reason they were going to unveil the completed hot rod here. But then I remembered, no, 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 no. This kind of looks like the shape of the previous hot rod, the blue one. Yeah. But I, I, it's neither, I don't think. <laughs> I think it's a. I think it's just a complete, I think it's just like a, a different, heretofore unmentioned third hot rod. Um, <laughs> because it's too It's yeah. too skinny to be any of the ones that we've seen, true, I think. true. I True think the one that the one that he's got now is very thick with with two C's. Um, uh, speaking of thick, the grunt creep runs out and uh, gives the hot rod a little wipe down before he I runs guess away. Since since he is a walking logo that is made out of a home, I guess that technically makes him a brick house. So yeah, he is. 
Um, yeah, and so Tim once again does not give uh, Al a nickname when he introduces nope. him, and once again I detect this very faint look of ennui in Tim's eyes at not being able to do it. I'm sure that's me. <laughs> that's me projecting, but I just see him kind of thinking like, fucking producers, I want to give him a nickname. <laughs> Y'all know my uh, my assistant, Al Borland. <laughs> You all know my assistant, Al. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Borland. <laughs> They're doing a week-long salute to customizing your car. And and which which is cues a uh, car horn honking of the tool time theme, which is great. Oh god, that probably sounds horrible. We are we. I'm gonna mute one of our audio tracks so people don't have to hear that those pitches fighting. Uh, it was almost as good as listening to two car horns play that at the same time. You could edit out both tracks and not let the audience suffer through either of them. I, I could. I yeah. I could mute the audio for the entire thing. This just be an ASMR podcast of audio hiss. Um, but yeah, and so Tim is modeling his new Car Guy of the Year award jacket. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. He, he's been given by the Saginaw Auto Club, who are naming him the Car Guy of the Year. And my note here is just what in all caps <laughs> for what? for raising specifically naming him Car Guy of the Year for raising car consciousness. Is does this mean is he like the Dalai Lama or something now of cars? <laughs> like uh, like he's achieved auto enlightenment like. <laughs> he's dipped the car into a sensory deprivation chamber and the inner beast of the car has come out (laughs) yeah exactly reached a whole new plane of consciousness for cars he 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 locks himself in his hot rod overnight and he goes rampaging out you know through the streets and he breaks into a into a junkyard and like eats a fuel manifold (laughs) or something from a car and then transforms back in jail Uh, he says that he does a lot for auto awareness um l Kind of turns it on him and goes, yeah, you do it on tool time to get Benford to pay for the parts and to get free labor from me. Yeah. That's and met with a, uh, a copyrighted Tim Taylor hiss. Yeah, you're right. I, you're right. Th- I think that might have been the first, like, oh, I haven't seen that in a while. I don't like that. I've never liked it. Never will like it. Thank you. I, I, I It's you know, like it's an indication of what version of Tim Taylor I'm getting. Two paths diverged in an episode of Home Improvement, and I think that's where they diverged because, like, I saw him Sliding do that. Doors. I exactly, exactly. I, you know, I got, and after that, I got my hair dyed pink, and um, <laughs> I died. But uh, I, because I thought that I, I saw that, and I was like, "That's weird." Well, let's wait and see. I'm not gonna pass judgment, but you're on notice. And then I gave the show, I gave the episode a second chance, and it worked for me. You yeah. were more of a like. Uh, one strike you're out California prison system in the 70s situation where this episode got busted carrying drugs Listen, rather ironically it's a repeat offender <laughs> okay true true that I guess it's Okay, you're judging it based on prior... Yeah, okay. The, you're right. Listen, if I were to profile this show, I would certainly suspect this show of, of, of doing something nefarious. I'm getting really lost in my metaphors here, but the point is... <laughs> hey, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I think that that is something that... Uh, you want to talk about a Cronenberg horror? That happened on this show. We've become <laughs> each other. So, okay, but, uh, you know, he's raising car consciousness yes. by... By using Binford uh, money to repair cars on yep. his show, and society's rewarding him for it, I guess I can I can see how that would also drive you to a point of 
cynicism and anger about Tim. I just think there are better things in this world to honor people for than car consciousness. It's not even that Tim's getting the award. Like, who the fuck cares? He's got an honorary PhD at this point. Like, what does anything matter in this world? Uh, <laughs> also, also, <laughs> like, if, if you don't believe in nihilism already at that point, then, like, I don't know what to, what to tell you. Also, th- this notion of, like, car consciousness, like, he's helping get the word out about cars. Like, people living in the Detroit metro area don't know about cars and, and like it's like there's a, a, there's a moment thing. later in this fucking episode where i, I i'm currently palming my eyeballs right now and squeezing oh, my don't hair don't do that don't do where, okay squeeze your hair but don't palm your eyeballs dude <laughs> palming my eyeballs in frustration at him doing a lot for auto awareness and car consciousness and the one bit of tips that he gives out to jill later in this episode made me want to strangle him and throw him over the the car median yeah, oh, the the tip to not trust the like, gauges on we'll, your yeah. yeah. <sighs> we'll okay. fucking get there. We'll fuck oh, boy. You know Let's what? Get through I this think, uh, this opening. I think this. I think you know what this this. Uh, I'm detecting some Stockholm syndrome on my own part because I'm remembering bits of this episode that <laughs> that I think I glossed over because I thought the ending was good. Wow, damn. Okay, let's get yeah. Let's get into it. I'm gonna remember some stuff. So We're already into the person. It. The person that is going to be honoring him is the president of the Tri City Hot Rodders Club. Uh, George Sparky Henderson, and they invite him out onto the stage. Yes, and they start uh, they start rapping about what would be the best color to match this car's fuchsia exterior, and it's a and lot of you know what they uh, the the rap goes like. What does it go like, Landon? It it drop like, a beat. It goes like <laughs> goes like this. Uh, my name's George Sparky Henderson, and I'm here to say I'm a character actor. The uh, a character actor plays me. I'm listen. A character, this is a whole new style of hip hop. <laughs> my, char- my lyrics and my flow and rhythm are unparalleled. Uh, I, I'm so ahead of my time. I'm a big character actor, and I came to play. Eh? But the the character, it's the oh god oh I, character actor corner. Yeah, tell me about George Sparky Henderson, and we will see if that bit stays in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it doesn't. Character actor corner this week for uh, the guy playing George Sparky Henderson is a guy by the name of Patrick Cronin. Did this guy look familiar to you, Truman? I was waiting for you to say Berg at the end of Cronin. That's just weird. <laughs> uh, he did look kind of familiar to me. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen him on a sitcom, maybe on an episode of Cheers. He has 89 credits. That's a fair number of credits. It is a fair number of credits. You want to know what some of them are? I, I do. I think it kind of goes without saying. <laughs> uh, he started on television in 1976, uh, where, I don't, well, the first uh, credit he did uh, isn't that great, but. Um, Man, it will live in mystery I'm forever. So, I'm sorry. I'm trying to click through to something. My internet's going slow. Okay. He started uh, on TV in 1976 with credits such as Fantasy Island. Alice, the Brady Brides. Now, oh shit, this is a Brady Bunch spinoff that is a different spinoff than the one JTT was on. The Bradys. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm curious how many spinoffs the Brady Bunch had. Uh, I mean, I think there were probably do a whole podcast just covering the pantheon of Brady 
sequels. <laughs> it's also like, because I don't feel like the Brady Bunch had an especially rich story from which there were so many different. It's just kind of like, yeah, a bunch just, of friendly so people lived characters. in California. Yeah. Yeah. The blonde ones, the brunette ones. <laughs> uh, okay. He was also in Splash with Tom mm-hmm. Hanks, uh, Remington Steel, Hill Street Blues, L.A. Law. He looks like a cop. He looks Rock- very copy. I yes. Yeah. yeah. Rocky, Rocky what? Well, Rocky Five, mm. uh, 21 Jump Street. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he was playing a teenage cop in that one. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so that's why he was a bad cop. Nobody would sell him drugs. <laughs> uh, Dallas, Night Court, The Wonder Years, Next Generation, oh Doogie Hauser, Family Matters, Seinfeld, oh. Full House, Just Oh, my <gasps> <gasps> and Landed. his most important role as a cop, Sheriff Harper in Dr. Giggles. Dr. Giggles? This is a, okay, okay, this is a slasher movie, uh, and I guess yep. I'm Bill Murray and Caddyshack explaining about it. Uh, a slasher movie, and Dr. Giggles is a clown. Am I no. right? No! So close. So close. <laughs> you, you don't get the evil chalupas for no, Truman tries to guess the horror movie Land and Likes Corner. He's a dentist. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense, though. That makes sense. Not to be confused with the slasher film The Dentist, starring Mm. Corbin Burnson. Oh, Corbin Burnson. You know what? I would both trust him as a dentist and uh, fear him as a serial killer. That's probably (laughs) what makes him such a good dentist. (laughs) A good serial killer dentist. Mm. Okay, your clue, sir. He was on Cheers. Mm -hmm. He was not Hunt Frazier. Ah, he didn't make the jump. Was he a cop on Cheers by any chance? He played a character named Bert mm, in uh, yeah. an episode called Take My Shirt, Please. <laughs> Sam you know, donates were... his old uh, Red Sox jersey for a public television auction. Oh, yes. Okay, okay, no okay. No one bids I... on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, classic, classic. That would totally happen to Sam. <laughs> um, so, And uh, he was not on NYPD Blue. I'm going to say... Uh, was he on ER? That's the question. I didn't post. Yeah, I, 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 I figured. I mean, people know at this point. No one's new. Well, to this. the new people who join us. Listen, we get hundreds of thousands of new listeners every week jumping into the newest episode. Really, really, who, who on this, who on this planet is not listening to Grunt Work at this point? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, just based off of instinct and based off of the magnitude of some of these other shows that he was yeah. on, you really, you really, I'm vibing off of hearing the words Doogie Hauser because I. Love Doogie Howser. <laughs> um, I'm going to say he was on ER. He was not mm, ye- not on ER. Ah, well, you know what? At this point, you know, but I feel like I can be free to experiment when I've already blown it on the titles. I mean, <laughs> as soon as there's nothing on the line, uh, you know, it just, then it becomes just a gentleman's sport. <laughs> Weird. Shouldn't that be what it is all about anytime? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but again, we've trapped ourselves in this horrible system where now we feel like a bunch of people's lunches are dependent on us being able to guess arbitrary things. So, um, we are 44 minutes into this episode and still in the cold open. Okay, well, let's, well, let's (laughs) rev it up. George and Tim fuss a bunch over what, what the best color would be to match the car's fuchsia interior. Yeah. And they go back He's and forth. An ex- well, okay, so I, I think I'm only going to mention this because it's important to Sparky's character. And I only mention that because, uh, spoiler alert, Sparky, we're going to see a lot of in the future. Oh, so, boy. Uh, setting up his character, he goes, uh, he's introduced as an extra expert upholsterer. Uh, and then he goes, that's right, I'm nimble with a thimble. Uh, he, he, he loves his wordplay. He loves his little uh, dad jokes. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and that's a bit that that I guess works pretty well. It's just that it then kind of just gets into him and Tim going back and forth over what color would work best for the car, which yeah. seems like kind of a subtle dig at two men being obsessed with clothes and fabric stuff. So, and, okay, this is the second point, and it's only in the cold open that make me go, okay, you started with the hiss, and now this is really, like, throwing me off my game here. Um, mm-hmm. They're arguing over complementary colors, and, you know, okay, what's... Uh, Al asks... Okay, so what would you suggest um, the upholstery? What color upholstery would you do with this purple car? And Sparky goes, "Oh, L, it's not, it's not uh, purple. It's fuchsia." And if there's one thing we learned, the one of the very first things in season one that locked in Al's character was when he was helping Jill pick out the color of the tile of the backsplash, mm-hmm. <laughs> and was deciding between apricot and orange and uh tangerine yeah al knows his fucking colors Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so you're saying that them not taking al's advice was kind of a slap in the face to al because no i'm saying no i'm going i'm going a little higher in elevation here and saying this scene is written incorrectly like (laughs) it should be al arguing the colors over Mm. and tim is like a color is a color because uh, then Al suggests, well, what about black? And they're like, what are you talking about? Black, that's boring unless it's satin black. Oh, yeah. Or we could do what is, you know, Tim and George are kind of spitballing and going, what was the, the most popular color this year at the Las Vegas uh, car show? Hmm, I think I know what you're thinking. Periwinkle. Peri- yeah. And then Al steps in front of the camera and just goes, well, we'll be right back with these messages from Binford. After these messages from Binford, you know the tools for men who talk like men. My my note on that line is just Al. No, like just like he's a dog. <laughs> like he's just like a very like he's a dog pissing inside my house. Like Al, you know better than that. Stop it. My note was what is happening. Yeah. I, I felt like up was down, down was up. Characters have switched bodies. Maybe that happened. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's a magical car. Maybe it's a cousin to Herbie where they t- they both touched it at the same time and made the same wish where they wanted to be in each other's bodies. It's it's Herbie's evil twin, or Her- Herbie the hate Mercedes. <laughs> or no, Burby. Bur- the, the hate hot rod. Yes. Um, and so it's Tim and Al just switch it's bodies Christine, in this, basically. this episode. Yeah. yeah. Christine is their mom, and Herbie is the good kid, and Burby. <laughs> Burby the hate Mercedes is the evil one. <laughs> oh god so um just after the cold open which we spent so much time on uh to really establish where this episode went awry for me okay you know what landon i i get it now i i see where you're at i see how you could look at the like i think i was just in a more forgiving mood at the time that i watched this i think i just i'd either just eaten some pizza or i was about to eat some pizza and, and no it was i was about to eat pizza and so the world is in that kind of you know, as a pizza yeah. lover, what a it's few, like when you know that pizza's yeah. coming. Yeah, like yeah. I was, I was like willing to see everything better. There were little cartoon birds and penguins dancing around, like in Mary Poppins. Um, I was, I was hungry, and I'd only ha- snacked on like two almonds, so maybe that's where I was. <sighs> okay, well we and got... I still haven't eaten, so. Landon, come on, dude. Um, no, no, you know, you would enjoy this podcast more if you just had some pizza waiting for you at the end of it. Um, <laughs> we go into the theme song. I don't yes. have any notes this week. Do you? No, I have none on uh, this week. Let's just plow ahead. We go home. The boys are putting. Um, 
And Tim comes home uh, and goes, there's no putting in the house. At least till I get the water hazard put in. Pretty good joke. I feel like, I like you just joke. fill up fill up the sink in a in a pinch. That would probably be how he'd do it. Um, <laughs> and they are. Oh, no, I'm not going to get into the fact that. Okay, yeah. One thing. Mark yeah. is so old now. All of a sudden, <laughs> they I all mean, are. Well, again, again, Brad. He's tall though. He's very tall. He's going through growth spurts. Seriously, like, and again, Brad looks like like you know, Brad is now older than Joe Biden. Whatever, but like, <laughs> uh, but but Mark, yeah, it just. I feel like he looked more like a kid three episodes ago than he did now. That growth spurt hit between episodes. Yeah, he certainly wouldn't be able to fit in that trunk in the attic uh, in this episode. No, no, certainly not. And uh, you you said trunk in the attic, and for just the briefest of seconds, I thought about Sir Larry, and I hope that he's okay <laughs> in that trunk where he's been <laughs> four years. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I miss Sir Larry. Uh, god, I miss, I miss, I miss the days when we talked about Sir Larry all the time. That's a real, that's a real throwback. Tim walks over to check the mail. Uh, he's looking for RSVPs. I don't know why he would be getting RSVPs to um, the, ma- uh, the 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 banquet thing. On yeah, the honorary banquet for his car guy award. I think I think it's that he booked a, like he bought the tables and basically was writing to people saying, "Hey, do you want to then buy a seat at the table from me or something I, like that?" I, I'm just saying it raises questions as to how this thing is organized. Like, why why wouldn't Tim just say, "Can't I reserve those tables? Let them RSVP to you. You let me know." Why is Tim getting RSVPs? Because then he's going to have to send it out to that. Whatever. I just have questions. That's all I'm saying. If, if only the lady who organized all those library <laughs> fundraisers had organized this. I bet Jill was looking at the system like, this. Uh, who, the, who the fuck are you? What clown planned this? <laughs> he's getting a lot of uh, negative RSVPs. He's very upset about it. And he's like, mm-hmm. uh, as of now, I've only got, you know, the immediate family. I've got Alan Wilson, uh, the boys, you and me. And Jill goes, oh, no, 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 neighbor. The boys can't go. It's a school night. And the boys, you know, Jill is saying it's two hours each way to go to the banquet. Mm-hmm. And, and the, you know, Meanwhile, the boy, I, yeah. I, I, I maybe didn't pay attention to the rest of the scene because Jill <laughs> is unwrapping a uh, thing of dough for biscuits. Mm-hmm. And it's like a jack in the box. You start to unpeel that that cardboard <laughs> uh, <laughs> binding and it's going to pop at some point. That shit scares me every single time. <laughs> so you don't like you don't like jack in the boxes or biscuit dough. Bo- both of them have the same effect. Exactly. Yes. Have well, you I, ever opened a biscuit dough before? No no I haven't. I have I've opened a lot of canisters that are supposed to be full of peanut brittle and and been unfairly <laughs> surprised, but you seem to think it's that that's sa- all in good it's fun. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You so just, I I'm going to make you buy some biscuit dough. I'm going to give you the money to buy some biscuit dough. And I just, want you to record yourself. I guarantee you it's going to be at the top of your most hated list. Well, so you're going you're so you're going to send me money so I can do a thing that I hate. That's yes. a that, wow. What this this that's what this, this episode has brought me to. Wow. What okay, you know what Landon, I hate it when we disagree. This is why it's better when we agree and we're in agreement. I like know. when you disagree, you start sending me biscuit dough for <laughs> nefarious purposes. So uh, it's going to be two hours each way to this banquet. Nobody wants to spend four hours in a car on a weeknight. Tim says, I would. And Jill says, if you had a bathroom in your car, you'd live in it. Uh, this then takes us to tool time, where yeah. Tim uh, is invites a bunch of previously unseen crew members post-show to the banquet, and all of them say no. One of them... <laughs> I'm pretty sure this wait, is wait, the... Wait, 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 before you get to that, I don't want to... Yeah. Uh, we no, skipped no, no, over no, a, a very important 
point, which is another reason why this episode did not work for me, is that it just felt so lazily put together. Uh, there are a number of moments in this episode where it's just like, what what's going on there? <laughs> this is one of them where they end an episode of Tool Time, and then they start talking to each other. And the audience is just sitting there watching them. There's, there's no activity. It's just like the audience is going to continue to watch this personal interaction between the two of them, left to their own devices, no guidance whatsoever on how to get out of the theater. No good night, folks. Get out of here. Uh, take your you know consolation bags on your way out. That's that's I that is kind of the beauty of it though I think is that people like when you buy a ticket to see Tool Time you don't just watch the show like you want to see what it's actually like like half, you know, people going to see Friends they want to see like uh, Jennifer Aniston talking to a stylist. But I, I've also been to a lot of tapings and the second that they stop rolling cameras the audience at least chatters a little bit. This was oh, like yeah. okay we're done with the episode good night folks and then the audience is just continually silent watching them like. Like there's an invisible wall between them. It's Mojo Vision from the X Men. They're uh, they just the audience is just so stunned by the uh, automotive tips that they've just received. They need to sit with their feelings for a little bit. Like you this know when you is... finish listening to Dark Side of the Moon for the first time. <laughs> this is what happens when you put a critical lens on it. I'm going to be critical about everything, and I will work really hard to course correct. For the rest of this episode. No, no, Landon, no, but I, li- I like it. I like us having differing opinions about it. It's like one of those Fox News pundit shows where old people <laughs> yell at each other. <laughs> um, Do you know how many Twitter followers I'm losing from this episode? <laughs> well, you need to just, you just need to lean harder into hating this episode and go really crazy and t- embrace some weird conspiracies, and then you'll get more followers than you ever could have hoped for. Oh. Just go back to the Randy is a serial killer stuff. Everyone loved that. <laughs> um. So, yeah, uh, they... So everyone says no, and they all mm-hmm. wander away. The audience is, is watching with rapt attention. One of the crew members who's giving Tim an excuse, everyone kind of mutters, you know, watermelon, watermelon, rhubarb, rhubarb. <laughs> One of them, I'm pretty sure what I heard, and I didn't go back to check this because I want to live in this reality, is a woman saying, I have to rearrange my software. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> You have to defragment my computer this weekend. <laughs> like... It, I, I feel like in 1996, that actually means reorganizing the the stack of floppy disks beside your your Apple. Yeah, or if you're like me, you keep the boxes, and so you just have a uh, like a library, but it's of software boxes. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, coaster tycoon next to uh, full throttle, next to I don't know, uh, quicken, quicken, and this. aviator simulator. Aviator yeah, yeah. simulators. That yeah. <laughs> that sounds honestly, dude. That sounds like that sounds like some kind of like indie rap group, <laughs> like two white guys from Silver Lake. Hey, we're aviator. No, it's electro. It's electro. It's not rap. Um, uh, he turns to Heidi and yes. she goes, "Oh, you know, you're gonna uh, have to take it." Well, he has a little thing with Al about how many tickets he has, and he goes, "Oh, blah, 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 I got six. And Heidi comes in and goes, "Actually, no, you got four. Scott and I can't go." Um, I, 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 listen, we, we are wasting time in this episode. I would just want to yes. earmark this for future conversation. Uh, we need to talk about Scott. We need to talk about Scott, the Maris of home improvement. <laughs> I hope we never meet him. <laughs> I hope we never meet this mysterious man who, like, eloped with Heidi and got her pregnant and just isn't around. <laughs> um... Yes, so consider that earmarked. Uh, I want to bring it up later uh, in another episode. 
But yes. uh, Tim basically pressures her into going. Uh, Scott can't go, but he's going to drive her. Uh, and, you know, Tim is said, going to drive her. As you said in the uh, synopsis, the, the well-worded synopsis, he strong arms a pregnant woman into going on a four-hour trip to see him get honored. Yes, and it's cold. Don't forget that it's cold. It's cold. Um, yes. Not well, not cows freezing on the side of the road cold, but cows being afraid in a field with a car going through it cold. Uh, what did that has to do with being cold? I don't know, but we'll get to that point in a minute. Look, whenever Tim tries to go on a road trip to an event, cows beware. I think that's that's <laughs> that's what we're trying to say. I am detecting a pattern. Um, we get a so, scene slide transition to the car. They are yes. on their way, and they yes. are stuck, once again, in a traffic jam. Oh, again, man. T- it tra- they tra- claim it's I-75. It is not I-75. <laughs> Traffic has gotten so bad in Hamtramck this season. I I don't know if they're like widening the freeway or what. I mean, I think it's honestly going to be faster if we take surface streets, guys. We're I, I never going to get there. I still like this idea that they live in this maybe not post-apocalyptic world, but like mid-apocalyptic world where Blade Warriors is real and that there's <laughs> just a constant flow of cars back. Maybe it's not like other people in cars. It's just that everyone has parked their car on the highway and they're trying to find a way to get through it. People are people are fleeing the disaster where, you know, the, where <laughs> hundreds of homes were destroyed by the tornado exactly. as, as seen below the fold on the newspaper. And then all the other people going the other way are trying to get away from the wreckage of the riverboat that was discovered. So... Thus sets up the next series of things that make me go, really? We're doing that in this episode? Okie dokie. Which is, uh, Tim is just so anxious to get to this thing that he says, you know, as long as the tool man's behind a wheel, we're never stuck. Now, and uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. We just have to quickly point out the reason for the traffic uh, snarl up is because a trailer full of strawberry preserves has has split open and spilled the strawberry preserves all over the road. And Jill says, that's what I call a traffic jam. And folks, sometimes jokes are perfect baby angels sent from heaven. And this is one such joke. <laughs> if I had heard that, I might have... Uh elevated my opinion to this episode uh, mid-episode. Landon, Landon, you've got a real episode half-empty mentality, and I have I an do. episode half-full. This week full. I do. I have this to episode is, is half-full of fun times and jokes and japes with my favorite <laughs> Michigan family. Um, wow, I don't know how I... Miss, but that's that's going to be a headline next to Tim Taylor's picture getting honored in the paper tomorrow. <laughs> yes, yes. Thousands of people were killed when the jam spilled out, by the way. Ants, horrible mutant ants came and attacked the city like in them. But I Tim's can, thing is still top story. I can think of worse ways to go than being drowned in strawberry jam. Yes. In Honest, fact, uh, one might say that is how I want to go. Tim I think that drowning yeah. in, gra- in grape jam would be worse because I don't like grape as much as like strawberry. So, yes. Uh, Tim suggests, uh, as long as the tool man's behind the wheel, they're never stuck. And he goes, what I'm going to do is going to, uh, go off the shoulder into a riverbed, uh, the dry riverbed, drive through that storm tunnel, and then off on the on-ramp. And, uh, also want to point out, not that, th- listen, I'm not so critical as to go, this is bullshit, this doesn't really exist, but, uh, what he's describing doesn't exist on I-75. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, it, when, I already don't like the episode, so that didn't make me like the episode less. I'm just pointing out, like, that's not what uh, is on I-75. You've got your arms crossed. You're like, home improvement. If you want to work your way back into my good graces, mishandling Michigan geography is not how you're going to do it, sir. Uh, it's like it's like the season of 24 where they show the president and his son fishing in a lake in Lake Oswego, Oregon, which everyone knows is a bedroom community suburb outside of Portland. There is no lake. There is no mountain. No one would go fishing there. It's a it's a secret lake that only the president knows. I mean, honestly, the, if the, all the richest douchebags do live in Lake O, so I, I guess it would make sense they'd have a secret underground lake. Go on. What what makes me okay? So he suggests he's going to do this, and like I said, whatever. It's you know a joke that is whatever. But then they cut to the next scene, and they're driving on a country road, which leads me to believe because they end the previous scene with Tim actually pulling off onto the shoulder leads me to believe that he actually did this thing. <laughs> yeah. That he drove into a storm ditch and then pulled off on the side of the road. And then Jill says that he had driven through a field and scared a cow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah more, more than scared a cow, depending on, depending on how you take what she said. <laughs> what did she say? Well, no, I just, I mean, I didn't write down exactly what she said. Just oh, my impression was that he hit the cow, but uh, oh, I guess the I car thought, would be I, fucked up. I, I guess thought he just came really close to it and scared it, but... You're um, right. It makes more sense that he would... Okay, the cow, I didn't know a cow could jump like that. I guess it was the cow jumping out of the way. I thought it was the cow jumping <laughs> in front of him, but you're right. That would have been a very different episode. <sighs> okay, so this is, this is where it really goes off the rails for me. So uh, the episode's trying to make me believe that he actually did this and didn't get pulled over and yada, yada, yada. Okay, Whatever. Um, but it's, you know, it, it, the episode's kind of already lost me at this point. Heidi is just like, she's a pregnant woman, and she's like falling asleep in the back of the car. And I'm like, how are you trying to elicit any sympathy for what Tim is going through in this episode? Um, yeah. Because he's like, we're going to miss the film tribute, uh, which is called Tim Has uh, Gas in His Veins. <laughs> and some other places, too. <laughs> so says Jill. And then the car stalls, and uh, he pulls off on the side of the road. Now, this, again, is just where I feel like it's been uh, just a little bit lazily put together. They pull off on the side of the road, but somehow there's, like, a fence behind them. Like, the the choreography of what's going on makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they they've they, they they've already gone awry with the geography of Michigan. So I guess now <laughs> just basic spatial uh, relativity yeah, is off. But it just it it made me feel like oh, they don't the directors don't even really care about it's just as I said, the comedy first approach and I'm like give me some story, give me something to believe in. Uh, isn't there something? I, th- I think I just I think I was just happy with the comedy. I was like, oh, comedy first, great. That was what I wanted. It's like we but both I went. To- it, yeah, I didn't like the comedy. It's like know, whatever. It's like we both went to McDonald's, and I knew that I was going to McDonald's, but you had been told all day that you were going to be going to a better restaurant than McDonald's. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. So, uh, spoken to someone who eats altogether too much fast food as a coping mechanism for the current <laughs> times so uh we yeah they so they have no gas have and no gas. and tim is mad at jill for not putting gas in the car jill says well the gas gauge said it was full tim says you can never trust the gas gauge and says she has to go by the mileage and, and she I, just accepts that it's like that, oh well i didn't know and tim's like well, how could you not fucking know now we're gonna be late and i'm like who gives a fuck 
I mean, beyond who gives a fuck, more just like, do, wh why would you have a, if you're so good at fixing cars, why don't you fix the gas gauge? If the gas gauge says that it's right. full and it's empty, clearly the tool man should have made the car work right. Like, don't... He, he delivers it like it's common knowledge. Like, you shouldn't ever go by the gas gauge, you should go by the mileage. And I'm here to tell you, Tim the Toolman Taylor, no fucking person on the face of the planet goes by the gas or goes by the mileage. They go by the gas gauge. Yeah, so they go by the why tool. Why are you being so disparaging of your wife in this moment where you have a pregnant person in the back of your car? And he goes, "Do you realize how embarrassing this is for me?" <laughs> and I, I, that's the point at which I, I, this episode had no reprieve for me. Wow, wow. I mean, I guess. You know, look, I, I won't lie. This was really shitty of Tim. And I guess I just knew the entire episode as soon as I saw Heidi in the car and them hit traffic. I was like, oh, she's going to have the baby in the car. And <laughs> I was well, waiting for Tim to be a dick about the baby thing. So I was so yeah. busy bracing for that and then being surprised <laughs> that he wasn't. That I didn't really know. Like, I wasn't really thinking about the fact that it is a total dick move to say that your wife is stupid for relying on the gauge specifically designed to <laughs> represent to the driver how much gas is left in the tank. While you have a... And, like, you were the one driving. Why weren't you paying attention to things? Why didn't you check the gas before you got in the car? Why didn't you get gas before you left? Like, you shouldn't be leaving assuming, oh, God, I just, there's so many issues I have with this. My I note mean, here it, was he throws his arms up uh, in a huff to go walk to the service station he saw. I hope the cow eats him. Yeah. <laughs> becomes a very different show after that <laughs> and then the the transition out of the scene actually gave me hope yeah yeah because this evil claymation cow this fucking tim burton nightmare of a cow its face <laughs> just re rears up into screen and it licks its lips <laughs> yeah i oof, god it got it got you know it got angry after being almost run over that, that's when this cow went bad oh <sighs> so Do you have anything else for that no, I don't have anything else for that. Tim goes off to find gas. It's definitely go to the, a dick move that I just was willing to forgive. We go to the banquet. Uh, Wilson and Al are there, um, and Sparky comes over and asks where Tim is. Uh, he says, uh, he better get here soon. The muffler guys are getting exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty good. And then he says, the transmission guys are shifting in their seats. <laughs> <laughs> uh tim oh, calls al wordplay yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I wrote i wrote those down i appreciated them as wordplay uh but was already not having this episode you you, you were you were frowning pronouncedly I, as you wrote them down you're like Don't, i was joke. like i acknowledge that it's wordplay and i will write it down word for word but i will not be happy about it you you have you have committed humor and i will award you the necessary points but i will not like doing it <laughs> He, uh, God, uh, Tim calls Al and says, uh, well, he asks if Sparky is right by the phone. He says yes, and he goes, oh, uh, we hit a deer, instead of <laughs> saying they ran out of gas. Wilson says, I hit a deer once, made a beautiful seat cover. Wait, no, actually, it was Sparky. says, was Sparky I hit a, said that. Yeah, hit a deer once, made a beautiful seat cover. Dude loves his seat covers. He does. Then Wilson takes the phone and says, uh... Okay, is the, the animal alive? I got some great animal remedies. If not, I have a great venison recipe. <laughs> uh, I also, Wilson is wearing a very snazzy hat in this scene. I, I just like kind of how when Wilson dresses up, it's still like he looks like he's still wearing a parka. It's just great. Yeah. Um, so, so then uh, Tim hangs up the phone. 
And he approaches the service worker at the service station. Yes. And, folks, you know when in that Avengers movie they (laughs) show the scene where one of those Avengers comes in and everyone who is into it like and has been paying really close attention freaks out or do you know in little women when bob odenkirk walks in it's, it's just you it's just I, you German. it was such a good moment and i have seen videos of people cheering when that happens but the point is a beloved character actor who we've enjoyed a lot in the past is back and i think this is i think honestly i was so excited this bit as soon as as soon as ned the service station employee, the brother uh-huh. of Ted, the guy who works at the Alpina Airport, the famously unhelpful customer service representative who helps the them out when Christmas episode in season four, five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same actor. <laughs> Tim recognizes him immediately and mm. says, "Wait, don't you work at the Alpina Airport?" And he says, "No, that's that's my brother Ted. I'm Ned, the nice one." <laughs> uh then tim goes well can i use your bathroom and he goes nope it's for customers only uh tim and tim says well i bought gas from you when you pay for it we can talk about the bathroom ted let me use his bathroom ted's a fool (laughs) uh tim asks for a gas can because he has to walk it back to the car and uh ned goes well okay that will be a 150 dollar deposit yep and uh Tim reluctantly forks over $150. Ned refuses to give Tim a ride back to his car. He says, well, we might, you know, we might suddenly get busy. And Tim goes, and I might suddenly become a ballet dancer because this service station is empty in the middle of the night. And uh, Ned goes, not with those legs, you won't. (laughs) He goes, well, great. Can I finally use your bathroom? And he goes, well, it's out of odor. (laughs) And uh, so then we cut back to the car. From this, and Heidi uh, begins having some contractions. She's hot. Which... She's cold. She's not. She's neither. She's yes. just had a contraction. I was wondering if she was going to say my water just broke, and instead she says contractions, and part of me wonders if standards and practices was like, you can't talk <laughs> about a lady's water bla- breaking because know. that implies the existence of her genitalia. I, I mean... Contractions Maybe. is significantly internal. I don't know. I, 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 you know, I feel like I've heard my water just broke so many times, but I, you know, I can't tell if it was from movies or TV. So who knows? And ABC in the nineties. I mean, they they might have had just a different set of rules. Like you Could know, be. you know, Michael Eisner and Stan. Like, nope, Disney properties cannot be uh, uh, <laughs> acknowledging that uh, fluids are anywhere ever. F- fluids, no. Gases, yes. Yeah, gases are funny, fluids are bad. Get with the times, people, it's the 90s. Uh, So, yeah, Tim gets back, you know, finds out that Heidi's been having contractions for about 45 minutes, and Tim goes, oh, she might miss the banquet? Um, This is is the last time that Tim is obsessed with getting to the banquet. Like, I really thought going into this that Tim was going to force her to deliver her baby at the banquet while he gives a speech, but no. No. Uh my next note is later they drive fast you can I mean, see the effort i was putting into this at this point wow you really you went on strike for this episode <laughs> i feel bad for crossing the picket line and continuing to take detailed notes um scab but yeah, scab, I, scab geez dude oh man nothing lower than a scab i hate that um <laughs> they take her to the gas station and uh uh you know, they it's the hospital's too far away. They tell, uh, you know, they tell Ned we need to call a hospital. And Ned says, oh, you should call Dr. Vandergriff. He's the best. He delivered me. And then this 
prompts some jokes about, well, wait, how old is Dr. Vandergriff then? Was it, I just want to ask you, are you, were you certain it was Vandergriff? Well, I, because I thought it was a reference to Todd or Ted Vandergriff or one of the, well, that's what I'm asking is Jeff Vandergriff is a writer for the show and it would be just, it would be a nice little tie-in if it was him, if that was the name they used, but I I don't remember it. They, no, they were saying Vandergriff, so I think they're definitely referencing that writer. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, nice little, nice little hats off from, from Ned, the nice one. I think he's also, uh, nope. Yeah, no, he's a John Vandergriff, not Jeff, John, John Vandergriff. That sounds co-producer more like it. As well. Oh, okay. So. Well, there you go. That's that's one of the perks of being co-producer. You get to you get to have uh, doctors, anonymous doctors named after you. Actually, uh, I'm looking at this. This is uh, not to go on a tangent here, but just to read off the uh, producer list here. Uh, tell me if these names sound familiar. Bruce Ferber, Lloyd Garver, <gasps> Carmen Finestra, Lori Gelman, Charlie Hawk, Eric Horstead. Gal Maffeo, David McFadson, um, Elliot Schoenman, Marley Sims, John Vandergriff. These are all writers for the show. Are you are you the police chief in Casablanca? Because you have rounded up the usual suspects. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be Claude Rains any day of the week. Okay, and I will be Chaz Palminteri. Uh, so Tim calls <laughs> Al... And, I mean, after presumably having called the hospital, calls Al. Al answers his cell phone. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it, guys. And, uh, and... I think you Tim... mean mobile phone. Oh, yes. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Um, I just pulled a Sparky. I... Sparky does Al puns. No, Sparky does car puns. You do Al puns. I, can't... I got, I got that, that pairing mixed up, even though the two are in no way similar. <laughs> Uh, so then comes my favorite joke in the episode. Okay. Uh, Tim tells Al, Heidi went into labor and Al says, <laughs> she joined the union. And that was, that made me laugh. I'm not going to lie. That one got me. And credit where credit's due to just, just for everyone at home. I've begun watching the Muppet show and uh, my girlfriend was watching this episode with me and immediately pointed at the screen and said, that's a Muppet joke. And it totally is. That is something, that is something like, like, oh, Fozzie Piggy just went into labor. She joined the union? <laughs> I mean, not like that. It would actually sound like them, but right. I, I it That was would, more it of would, a Gonzo than a Fozzie. It's Gonzo, Gonzo would be, of all of them, the one who would have a podcast first, and it would be him recapping episodes of The Muppet Show. <laughs> so anyway, it's kind of, yes. but honestly, it's not that, it's not that far off from all the guys from The Sopranos who now have Sopranos podcasts. Okay, so... <laughs> The, yeah, Jill says, this baby is coming, and Tim says, no, Heidi, you're the mother. Tell it to stop. Tell it to stop. <laughs> and mind you, I would hate this if it was Tim telling her this because he was trying to get to the banquet, but this is just Tim trying to be like, let's wait for the ambulance. Right. Like, he want, his heart is in the right place. Yes. Al is listening to all of this on the phone. Tim and Jill get Heidi laid out on the counter at the gas station, and they both back away from her together, and they both say, don't worry, Heidi, we have everything under control and they're both making the same hand gesture with their hands in unison and it's another moment of tim and jill being completely on the same team that i just i really love like oh boy these knuckleheads what how are they gonna solve this one i i really enjoyed watching them do that (laughs) i'm sorry am i am i am i bulldozing you have you got no no no. i i'm letting you take the reins so that i don't infect this with my negativity Okay. Okay. Well, no, but I mean, if you, dude, come on. This is the thing about the this is the thing about the shows on Fox that everyone watches, though. If you've got differing opinions, if you think this is bad, you should at least let me know, dude. 
Um, Tim grabs a receiver. Uh, Tim is the, oh yeah. So Wilson tells Jill, um, that, you know, you're going to be the instructor. Tim is the receiver. Did you well, co- cover that part? I, I actually, I did not because they, this, okay. they realize that, you know, they're listening. This is being listened in on by Al and Wilson. Tim yeah. realizes that Wilson is a trained midwife and he can yep. help or Jill remembers this. I, Love that. Want to know a lot more about Wilson being a trained midwife. Did he deliver any of the babies? Yeah. I mean, the Taylor boys. He delivered Um, himself. I could I could see that, actually. I would buy that, yes. He's just uh, shouting from, from inside her stomach, like, mother, take deep breaths. He I, shed his mother. Oh, God, Landon, stop with that awful creation myth. What, what terrible Greek god are you? Um... Uh, I do like that Wilson's uh, talking it through, talking them through it like he's landing a plane. Yes, it is really like a scene from Airplane. <laughs> he he uh, says, so, "Yeah, Tim's following the instructions. You know, okay, you should see the head. Uh, have her push real hard, and then you know, Tim's like, okay, I see his sh- shoulder. And Tim's like, uh, or Wilson then says, okay, as soon as you see another shoulder, the baby should slide right out." Uh, um well okay a couple of good lines worth worth mentioning though yeah. within this uh first when when wilson is first getting them started he says okay take a deep cleansing breath in with your chin down in your chest and tim does that and goes oh, okay okay i feel a lot better and then realizes they're talking to heidi then when tim realizes what he has to be you know receiving I, I don't, like he he's there and he's he's catching the baby and he says we've got a shoulder and wilson says they've got a shoulder and al next to wilson goes is it a boy or a girl and wilson goes well normally you can't tell from the shoulder (laughs) (laughs) um but yes then she keeps pushing and the baby slides forth i mean this isn't explicitly shown by the way this isn't like in children of men where you actually see the baby it's not (laughs) that uh and the baby comes out and heidi this is a line i i I liked it it kind of this is where it started to win me back a little little bit uh, the baby comes out and it, you know, you hear the crying and Heidi goes, what is it? And, uh, Tim goes, didn't you hear it's a baby? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And then Wilson, uh, but then it turns out that it's a girl. Uh, yeah. so fine. Okay. More women on this show at last. Uh, Wilson tells Tim he has to find something soft and warm to wrap the baby in. And I, immediately gird myself for them having to beg Tim to let him, them wrap the baby in his uh, <laughs> in his prize jacket. But instead, yeah. Tim immediately just pulls it off, wraps the baby up in it. No hesitation there. Way to go, Tim. And, like, okay. I, I don't know. Well, again, there, the audience had an interesting reaction there that I actually had yeah. to rewind because I wasn't sure if the audience uh, made a concerned ooh. Like, it was just, <gasps> it was kind of, like, muddled. But it, I think it was like a, a like a, a fanning fanning yourself like oh my god I can't believe you would do something so heroic like that I, uh, I, I uh, monocles popping out of out of eyeballs and <laughs> splashing into the audience's cups of tea I never I I, I was more like uh, uh, women fanning themselves uh, on a hot Georgian day um, oh dear. He's gonna he's gonna have to take his jacket down to the haberdashery to have it cleaned after all that placentia gets on it. I do declare. <laughs> and uh, but it was so muddled that it almost sounded concerned. Like oh, he's gonna is he gonna do the jacket? He can't get rid of the jacket. You hear some, someone yells, "Just let the baby freeze! Save the jacket!" <laughs> uh, but it was admiration. And then uh, once he he shows the baby wrapped up in the jacket, the audience 
I, like I said, they they must have put like tingler devices under the audience seats for the last couple Say episodes because they were so raucous in their awing here. Oh, make it stop! <laughs> oh, it's a baby. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I feel like they definitely had to coach the audience on this reaction, and maybe had to do a couple of takes because it's like how how do how do you react to a newborn baby? Like the reaction is typically a very hushed, like oh. Like it's yeah. like a, it's supposed to be a very sweet and precious thing, but like that runs contrary to the kind of atmosphere one wants to cultivate on the set of a live taped TV show. Well, yeah, a taped TV show. Uh, anyway, Heidi ends the scene by saying, "Oh, thanks him for giving uh, giving the baby your jacket." He goes, "Lent the baby my jacket." <laughs> I I think he just said Lent, and I only bring that up because I heard Lent, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Is the baby Catholic? What's the... Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, we fade out, and we go to our stinger. We go to a commercial and then come back for our stinger, which yeah. is at the service station. Uh, Tim comes in from the ambulance leaving. He put Jill and Heidi uh, on their way to the hospital, and uh, Ned pulls out a cigar, and Tim's like, wait a minute, before I take that, you sounds like you want to say something about it. When Ned offers Tim the cigar... I could have sworn I heard someone in the audience like shout approvingly. Like, so it was like, yeah. Like, just like, I, I feel like I heard just you. Little, there's, there's one lone, like, rogue audience member just running through all these episodes with their, like, <laughs> their checklist of, like, scavenger hunt moments and episodes to cheer at. The, 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 and this guy happens to be a genuine cigar aficionado. They made a whole magazine <laughs> about him. He sees, a, he sees a prop cigar in a TV show. He's got a, he gets wild. It's like, here in the name of your home state, get mentioned on, on you know, a, a episode of The Price is Right. Uh, but Ned pulls out a cigar and hands it to tim and tim's like wait a minute how much are you gonna charge me for this he's like no no it's on the house uh this is a moment of celebration and tim goes okay all right well thank you um and he goes to uh <laughs> goes to smoke it and he goes well this is a no smoking place and i mean and f- funny yes but also i mean yeah tim a you're in a gas station jesus christ <laughs> b um, you're indoors, like, that's kind of, I don't know, well, maybe in the 90s people were different. 90s, yeah, there was yeah, still yeah, a smoking right. section in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. I, I okay. think you could still smoke on planes, uh, through the early 90s. At the very oh, early. man. Oh, man. That just, that's, I, I thought that thing went out with Don Draper. I shudder to think <laughs> of, you know, George H.W. Bush lighting up a camel on a, on, on a plane. There's, uh, we go to the outtakes, we get the baby looking around. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just like, hey, you know, babies, this is one of them. Yeah, it was footage that they showed us. Um, and, yeah. And then which, a weird. <laughs> but no, no, go on. If, 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 if I'm putting bold italicies and underlining this if, if this episode had any reprieve, it was this moment. <laughs> it was something else. I, I want you to take us through it because I will give the commentary at the end of it. Tim, uh, so we go back to uh, Tim in the in the service station with the cigar. Tim strikes the match. He says, "You know," uh, and and Ned goes to him. No, no, no. We're sitting on millions of gas gallons of gasoline. You can't smoke here. Tim says, "I'll smoke where I want to." Uh, strikes a match, and then we, we... cut to <laughs> yes. footage. From the movie Darkman. That's from Darkman. I was wondering what that was from. 
That's from Dark Man. Tim lights the match. We cut to Dark Man of the light match being lit, and then the entire building blowing up into a heap of flames. And I only know this because I saw that shot on every single VHS. There was a trailer for Dark Man, and that was the pivotal point of the trailer for Dark Man. Sam Raimi spent a lot of money on that one explosion. You gotta. <laughs> You gotta, I, you gotta blow Liam Neeson's face off. I'm curious what. I, obviously, Buena Vista, Disney, someone must own Darkman in order to be able to use that footage. Uh, <laughs> no, dude, because it's, it's like it. it's a very impressive uh, effect shot. Of yeah, Liam, and that's Liam Neeson being thrown through the air. Yeah, by the pro- way, it's pronounced Liam Neeson's. Show some respect. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, this body getting blasted, like flaming. But it's almost—it's honestly—it's a little bit graphic. Like this is supposed to be <laughs> Tim's flaming body being catapulted out of. <laughs> Out of an explosion and into the water. I mean, we, Landon and I have been through it with Tim on this show. We're ready to see something like that. But an audience that <laughs> unequivocally loves him might be a little disturbed. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why they play it as like an alternate reality. This is this is what happened at that sliding doors moment to the other Tim Taylor. <laughs> They're showing us both realities. Now, well, there was that there, the show did another sliding doors moment like this a few seasons ago, where Mike Tyson runs in when Tim and Jill are practicing boxing and starts chasing Tim around the house. That was George Foreman. That, that, what did I say, Mike Tyson? Yeah. Oh, but maybe it was Mike Tyson in the sliding doors reality. Uh, dude, it was Mike Tyson in the in the sliding doors reality. It was George Foreman in this reality. I thought okay, I thought of a boxer who was popular in the '90s, and I got the wrong one. <laughs> I I didn't mean to correct you. Um, that's the episode. Well, I actually no, but it was good that you corrected me because otherwise people would think that Mike Tyson was on an episode of Home Improvement, which would be <laughs> a completely different experience from George Foreman being on an episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> do you remember when he wanted to eat stairs? <sighs> yes, I do. God, it was a simpler time. I never eaten a staircase. Ah, boy. Do you think? Do you think you could grill some stairs? On the George Foreman grill, I think you could. A small How much enough fat st- would come out of them. I probably you probably have to empty out the little uh, fat catching tray midway through. Um, <laughs> but hey, you know what? They don't call it a fat reducing grilling machine for nothing. Oh boy! God. Oh jeez! Oh god! Oh man! That Landon us to the grunt count. So when in the course of human events it becomes mm-hmm. necessary to end an episode of grunt work, yeah. we try to theorize about the number of grunts in an episode. Landon, we do. How many grunts were in this episode of Grunt Work? I'm, I'm not going to... No fanfare about it. Zero. Yeah. Well, great, dude. Great. Fucking laser-focused smart bomb this week. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it, dude. Great. Really good. When nothing's on the line, you could, You didn't overcomplicate it. Th- you know what? We're not going to talk about it. It's in the past. We don't have time. Let's put our disagreements aside. <laughs> I, I have completely unraveled in this episode. You know, Landon. Again, that's about forty percent of our episodes. I understand. <laughs> you, you were ne- you were never stitched super tightly. You were. Listen, uh... I usually watch the episode the night before, and I have time to digest it. I have time to write out my thoughts and and break down jokes. I I really I crammed this one in before I had a D and D campaign earlier today, and I'm like, shit. What would it be possible if I just go in and would Truman actually know if I didn't really watch it if I just could I pretend enough <laughs> I so we're both at the we're both we're both at exactly the same point emotionally in 2021 I see we are both 
What is there a way I can do the podcast about the show without watching the show? Can I squeeze that one in there? <laughs> oh my god. And you um, people depend on us for chalupas. Shame. Shame on you. Okay. God. Okay. Uh, well, look, let's let's get let's get out of here. Well, folks. we got one more thing to talk about. Oh, really? Are we getting okay. a, are, we, are we getting a puppy? Uh okay, before we end this episode, I do want to Did you like that that new energy burst i got yeah <laughs> knowing no, yeah. seeing the end of the tunnel super 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 smooth transition <laughs> edited in there by your master editor truman caps paying super close attention to what he's doing <laughs> that's how that's how you make a flawless edit uh, before we end this episode you know if there's one thing this show is about it's transitions landon <laughs> What did that transition look like? Uh, that that transition looked like uh, that looked like a train crashing into another train <laughs> that is in the process of crashing into an old man on a bicycle. <laughs> Perfect. It's it's, um, it's called sadness junction. <laughs> Before we end this episode, I uh, just want to announce that uh, after the success of our last live show, live in, in scare quotes. Um, <laughs> nothing scarier than seeing us live <laughs> we will uh, we're going to be doing another one um, in uh, about four more episodes here so we'll have the specific date for you um, but it'll be episode 14 we're currently on 9 yes um, and that that's going to be a big episode I'm yeah. going to tell you right now I'm looking <gasps> at it um, I'm excited yep it's uh, there's a lot going on in that episode. So, uh, <laughs> there was a lot going on in this episode. You didn't like it much. So I did. I, I did I not hope, like I hope it. that one fares better. But we have um a massive uh cameo in in that one. So Ooh. it'll be it'll be fun. Anyway, we want to invite you to join us on our Discord. Uh, that is where we do the live episodes. So uh, be sure to tune in for that and uh. Just know uh that if you want to be on our Discord, you can uh by joining it. I, I realize anyone can join. I was going to try to segue this into our outro. This is just a train wreck of an episode. You're right. This is sad junction. Yes. <laughs> the look that that old man on the bicycle didn't have a chance, and I think that we are him. <laughs> and, and that was me. Uh, <laughs> fuck it. Whatever. We'll just do another quick edit here. Grunt work is made possible by people like you. That's oh, right. And if you if you enjoyed today's episode, fucking hell. Uh, and you want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over on our Patreon. That's right, because for as little as $1 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive bonus content, like our weekly Gruntwork Nights episodes, which we usually record at the beginning of our session when uh, we are both at our highest energy and our, our most sharp level of mental acuity, and access to watch us record episodes live over Discord so you can see this process happen in real time. I, I'll is... be on my best behavior for the live Look, you want to talk about David Cronenberg horror. It's watching the two of us throughout the course of a lengthy recording session as we... I will make sure i eat before that episode uh you can do the burritos were important man they were important to our method for so many reasons all of that over at our patreon which is patreon.com slash grunt work pod uh leave us a rating review over on apple podcasts uh or wherever you listen to podcasts it's the fastest easiest way to support us and it goes a long way to help others find the show you can stop by to say hi to us on Twitter, Instagram at GruntworkPod, uh, or on our join, or, or on our join is what I said. <laughs> you used to give people, you used to give people fifteen seconds of nonsense when you wanted them to go rate the thing, and I think but you stopped. I, 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 I realized. 
I think the he whole stopped outro is nonsense. <laughs> well, the whole outro is, and I think also you realize that the nonsense that I was doing was like actively unpleasant, unsettling, like clipping my t- uh, like my nails yeah, that, and stuff. That, that really got me. I really, I really like that I finally found a way to be disgusting enough to make you stop doing something you wanted to do. That's like I, I don't know. I guess I'm not proud, but it's uh, it's an interesting <laughs> feeling. It's something. Um, through force of will, I am changing the course of this podcast for the worse. <laughs> Join us on our Discord, where you can find the link on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Oh, while you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever an episode is released, get a grunt count hint, exclusive trivia, and more. We gotta shorten this outro, man. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking it is kind of like the the national anthem where you keep you think it's done like three times. It's like, oh yeah, the rockets red glare. I forgot. <laughs> and yeah, rockets red glare <laughs> and the Until... Patreons <laughs> big stare. I don't know. Until next time, when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember. When delivering a baby, make absolutely sure it doesn't see its shadow, because if it does, that means six more weeks of pregnancy. Pregnancy.